0: But just so you know that this uh, criticism isn't without warrant, I want to make sure that everyone knows my background, not to build myself up at all, but to let you know I'm trying to be fair here. So, for those who may or may not realize, because I don't generally advertise it here at the church, uh, I have a, a doctorate of philosophy in justice administration. And philosophy is uh, two words combined. It means the love of wisdom. So there you go. Now get ready for the criticism. I also have another role that's different than that first one. I teach at a university and do all manner of those types of things. And um, somewhat accomplished researcher and scientist from social science perspective. The other thing that I do is I pastor here, and I preach. Those two things are very different. One of them, I went to school, planned, purposefully pursued a career in that path. The other, while minding my own business, (laughs) God told me to preach. That wasn't my choice. It wasn't my training. It wasn't my desire. And through a series of circumstances that each of you know, I was eventually led here to be your pastor. So one of those things is a very worldly thing. The reason I don't use my title of doctor, if you will, is because it doesn't apply here, and I don't want it to. That is a man-made thing that was given by men to me and will no longer be a part of who I am when I leave this world. On the other hand, I am your brother in Christ. That was not done of my own accord or my own will. And is a title granted to me by the Lord who saved me, and is what we have in relationship with each other, and that will stand forever. are two very different things. And so I want you to call me brother, because that's what I am to you if you know the Lord. So with that being said, I want to try today and uh, somewhat preach on this topic. And I've titled it Science, The God That Failed. And just so you know, that's a small g God. Science, the God that failed. Well, that may sound like an interesting topic, and it was spurred a number of weeks ago when I received an email that I seem to get a lot of. This was sent uh, from the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board to, I'm assuming, most or all of their pastors in Tennessee. And I opened it, unusually... (laughs) Because of the uh, regard statement, it looked like it was encouraging pastors to have their church members engage in Bible reading and things of that nature. I thought, well, this would be interesting. It came from someone who had three titles, baptism discipleship team leader, harvest field team leader, and Sunday school specialist. The very first line says this. Research... Has shown that Bible engagement and group involvement are two essential ingredients to a disciple's spiritual growth. What does research know about spiritual growth? Why would you open an email sent to pastors to try and convince us? to support Bible reading and fellowship with support from science. And none of the email did it cite a scripture. Did it encourage us other than saying, here's some resources for you to use, but it opened with research has shown that Bible engagement and group involvement are two essential ingredients to a disciple's spiritual growth. Now you could leave off that word research and I'd agree with the sentence. Reading your Bible Engaging with the word of God and being together with other believers are absolutely fundamental essentials to having the proper spiritual growth. The issue that I take with this is that we have to dress it up in some type of scientific research to try and get you to agree that it's true. When the scripture itself declares that it's true. So let me briefly just point out a few things. Matthew 4.4 4 says this, But he answered, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, for you Bible scholars out there, you realize that this is Christ's response to being tempted. And what he's saying is that we can't live on the physical things alone. There is more to this life that we must live on, and it comes from a spiritual sense. It is the very Word of God. It is the Scripture, and we cannot live our lives adequately just on the things of this world, but we have to rely on what God tells us and what God communicates with us. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, in line with this, it says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God because they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And so it is important and vital for us to see the scripture and Jesus Christ himself plainly tells us it is not enough just for us to feed our bellies, to clothe ourselves, to go about our daily lives, getting all the things that are in this physical world. But we must go beyond that to get the spiritual food that we actually need. And that is the word of God. Maybe that's not enough. Let's look at first Timothy two, fifteen through sixteen. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. What can science teach us about how to please God? Nothing. It has nothing to offer us to tell us how to please God. If you want to know how to please God, who we could review all the things we've been spending the last few months talking about, is all-powerful, all-knowing, without end, without limit. If you want to please Him, how do you do that? You don't study science. You study the Scriptures, the very Word of God that reveals how you should live. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Science cannot help you with that. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Can science do this? Where is the division between soul and spirit? I've tried to study this, and it's really hard. I don't really understand it. In fact, that's part of the whole point of this. If you read the scripture, you will see over and over again that we are told there is a mystery to the faith and that mystery should hold and capture us. And we instead want to rely on science. Now, you go and ask a scientist what it means to be in love. And they may describe a few physical attributes to talk about, well, this happens and et cetera, et cetera. But then you ask him what it is, like, what is love? And if they will be honest with you, they will have to say from a scientific standpoint, they don't know. So if we're talking about the difference between a soul and the spirit, science certainly cannot tell you that. And it certainly can't discern your thoughts or your intentions. What about Hebrews ten twenty five says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day coming. See, I don't need science to tell me or research to tell me that we should meet together as much as we can. The scriptures have revealed this. What about Psalms 119 and 9? It says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Let me reread this. Changing one word. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to science. By guarding it according to what research has told us to do. No. By guarding according to what? The word of God. Psalms 32 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. You see, as I've said over and over again, God is a personal God and he, through the spirit, part of him will reveal to you. I will instruct and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. If you want to know what you are to do. Don't turn to science and don't turn to research. Turn to God for your answer. It is what he wants to do. He wants to guide you individually, to instruct you and to teach you how you should live. So the question is, can we trust God? Well, yes. The real question is, do we think we need more than God? And does science know better? So let me briefly identify what I think is the very concerning I might even say sinister thesis or point that has crept into our church today and that is an over-reliance on science well what is science I'm glad you asked (laughs) it's the observation identification description experimental investigation and theoretical explanation of phenomenon it's the method we use to get a better understanding of the environment that God made for us. It's not wrong in and of itself. But science says the only thing that is valid is something that's tangible and material. That's why they can't explain the difference between soul and spirit. It's why science can't tell you what you're thinking or discern your intentions, but science can tell you the temperature and the height and the weight of something and the distance and all manner of things about the world but only the things that are physical. And God is not physical. And so it has no place in that realm. A Christian can study and even practice science, myself included, but we must be careful to never place the same value and faith in science as we do God. And there's the key difference. Why can't we trust science like we do God? Because science makes mistakes. You know, it wasn't that many years ago we thought it was a good idea when you were sick to cut you open and let the blood drain out. And we laugh because it was silly. Makes you wonder about some of the things we do now, doesn't it? Science changes over time. You may remember science said, when COVID started, never to wear a mask, and then it said two, and then it said to wear two masks, and then it said, well, you don't have to wear one if you're vaccinated. Then now it says you do. So science changes, and I'll just admit all those things may be true, but it's an example of how science changes in a very rapid pace sometimes. Science is also value-free, so science can tell you and describe things to you. You can measure something, but it doesn't tell you which one's better. Does that make sense? And we conflate these all the time because we want to use science to argue our point and say, well, this is better than that. But science, in its purest sense, doesn't tell you that. It just tells you different outcomes, different ways. And ultimately, science is based on a system that was created, including knowledge and logic that God made for us. Unfortunately, today, science tells us how to think, tells us what to think, it tells us what's real, Tells us what's true, and so on and so forth. And the problem we have is that education and media and politics and culture unite together to become a priesthood, if you will, promoting the very essence of science. If it isn't real, if it isn't measured, if it hasn't been proven, then it can't be accurate, it can't be true. Science tells us how we should think about the environment. Science tells us that if you don't recycle everything that's plastic and stop eating meat, we're going to kill the planet. Science tells us how to respond to COVID. Science tells us, well, you know, people are happier if they're in marriages where they're not really committed to each other. So do whatever you want to. Science tells us, or at least Facebook tells us, and that's pretty close to science, there's 64 genders. Science tells us what drugs to take and when to take them and how much to take. Science tells us that every problem society has in this country is about racism. Science tells us how to manage our employees. Science tells us what diet to have. Well, that many years ago, you remember the science said we should have a, a diet based almost entirely in wheat. How'd that work out for us? Science tells us that we evolved from a fish. Science tells us that it's okay to have an abortion. Science tells us about eugenics. Ooh, we don't want that child being born. Science teaches us what we should fear and what we should like. The point is this I think science has become our new God. Everything we do, whether we realize it or not, revolves around this idea of what's been researched, what's been proven what's true, what's accurate. And we do go all of that based on science. And if you think that's silly, then at least entertain me for just a minute. In cultures thousands of years past, they would sacrifice children to win the favor of a god. And they would interpret signs and wonders. And they had trusted priests who could do these things. Today, we sacrifice our work, our labor for Internet, cell phone and TV and we interpret data as they interpreted signs and we trust professors and politicians just as they trusted a priestly class I don't know that there's as much difference as we might think you'd like to think that you'd be the one standing at the bottom of the temple at the bottom of the pyramid saying you know what we just sacrificed a thousand children I don't think that has anything to do with the rain Yet how many of us are willing to stand up and say, I don't think how much we recycle has anything to do with changing the weather patterns. We don't because we trust science the way they trusted what we call superstition. We really ought to stop and wonder where we are putting our faith, what we're doing. And I think sometimes we fail to see the difference between what went on then and what goes on now. Even today we have... Miracles, iPhones, amazing buildings, machines of all types, the Internet. It goes on and on. Do you understand how an iPhone works? I don't. Do you understand how the Internet works? Not really. I don't even hardly know how I can talk into a phone and it comes out on the other end. It all seems so magical and mysterious. What do we have to do to understand it? We have to trust The science, you see. And because it's so complicated, we have to trust science. So if we have a pandemic, what do we do? We turn to science. If you have cancer, what do you do? You turn to science. You have poverty in the world, what do you do? You do a research study on it to tell people how to get out of poverty, of course. You have family issues? Well, you do whatever Dr. Spock tells you to. Some of you are old enough to get that. Science seems to have all of the answers, doesn't it? But here's the problem the church is falling victim to loving the same God how do we know this well let's consider it for just a minute if you were to go and want to start a church or talk to people who go out and plant churches you know what they talk about they do a lot of studies about like geographic locations Well, it's it's this many yards to the next church of a similar denomination of a similar type. So you can't put a church there. You should put it over here. Oh, okay. Science, and some of you will agree, but just be quiet for just a minute before you laugh. Science will tell you how long you should have a church service and how many points it should be. I guarantee you go to almost any seminary today, they're going to tell you not more than 20 minutes. This is the part where you laugh. And never more than three points because research has shown that people will fall asleep and not pay attention. They can't remember more than three points. Okay. The church will teach evangelism techniques based on research. People are uncomfortable if you tell them they're a sinner. I'm not making this up at all. And it's been going on for a long time. A very famous evangelist I'm not going to name because all of y'all know him and you probably like him, would purposefully select music at the invitation that was aligned with the rhythm of your heart to get more of an emotional response from you. That's research and science right there. Management of a church. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Scientific management is the idea that there's one best way to do something. It was originated to control factory workers, and we've applied it to everything, including how we run a church, how you select deacons, and how you have a deacon board for this, and how you set up this, and how you have a plan, and a strategic goal to all these different things. It's all about science and research. We even incorporate our merging of science and our faith when we talk about, well, I believe in creation, but I also believe in this thing called science, and so God must have caused the Big Bang. Okay. Now, I've expressed a little bit of this with a very close friend of mine who has an uncanny, unusual, and I believe spirit-directed ability to see past the things of the world for what they truly are. Maybe you know someone like that. And he wrote a whole page. I'm just going to read you a paragraph. I want you to listen to this. He's, we're talking about the same thing in an email. He says this. Talking about how we've fallen in love with science as a church. This has subverted the subconscious of the modern man to construct a worldview where what he worships in practice is separate from what he worships in belief. "...the modern man will believe he worships the God of his church. However, those activities only serve to fill the void of the loss of community and the need of ceremonial practice of worship, of which we are all divinely instilled. With these needs and those modern men that call themselves Christian, they are free to put their real faith in their true God, man's intellect." It is through the uplifting of the new enlightened man that man will use his intellect to become as capable as the all-knowing God. Man, through his knowledge, will transcend the forces of nature, age, and fear through having the power to answer everything. What he's saying is, we don't even realize that we are worshiping a parallel thing. We think we're worshiping God, but we end up worshiping science and research. We think we're here doing something great, but then when we walk out and have to make a decision about where we work, do we rely on God? No, we rely on money and our happiness. When we walk out of here, do we rely on God for how we should run our families? No, we rely on what we want to do. When we walk out of here, do we make decisions that are important based on what the Spirit of God is leading and guiding us to do, or do we use the tools of research? And we don't even know it. Ultimately, what he says is it leads to this idea that somehow we can know everything. And we are at that point where you can find out almost everything, can't you? It's a simple search engine click, and you can know everything. Now, the scary part of that is, one, we don't realize it, and we fall victim to it, including the church. And two, that it's awfully familiar to a very old story. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to start reading as you turn there. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now here's the kicker. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves a loincloth. My fear is that if we continue as a society, as a culture, and dare I say it, even as Christians, down the road of trusting science implicitly more than we trust the gospel, more than we trust the Spirit of God, that we are headed in the exact same direction as the original sin— This idea that we can know everything, that we can control everything, and be equal with God. It was just as false and as an affront to God then as it is now, regardless of whether we're eating a piece of fruit or relying on a group of scientists to tell us what is fact, truth, and how to live. This is a dangerous road. To be desired to make one wise. Where does wisdom come from? The giver of all wisdom. Where does truth come from? The one who is truth. Now you could sit there or stand there and say to me, well, you're denying science and that gravity doesn't work. No. I'm telling you that we are in this world, but we are not of it. I'm telling you that we have to live in this world so there are certain scientific truths and principles that God has set in place that we must abide by unless He acts in us differently. But we must not fall victim to thinking that somehow science has trumped God or that we can know all the answers to everything we need to know simply by conducting a research study. It is foolish for me to think that I can do a study and find out where to put a church physically. It's baloney. It's foolish for me to think, well, I can make just three points and just time it a certain way, and I can dress a certain way and do this and do that to get more people to come here. It's foolish for me to say, well, the research study says that every 5% more you study your Bible, you send 10% less. But you'll see study after study after study claiming these things. And if you want proof of it, I'll let you look at my next quarterly copy of my deacons magazine that I get and you'll see nothing in there but studies like this how to have the perfect entryway so that people feel welcomed at the church according to their surveys of people who don't like church thank you I think it should be fairly obvious that this god of science is failing in almost every way We may be more technologically advanced than we've been for thousands of years, but tell me, is the family more intact? No. Are we more well-behaved than we used to be? In almost every way we want to measure, at least in the ways that matter, we're not doing better. And we've been relying more and more and more on science, in a priestly class to tell us how to behave. Yet we don't even realize that we're trapped within science's bounds. We've been sold, if you want to say, like a bill of goods that tells us that science has become a parallel religion and we don't even know it. That's why he said what he worships in practice is separate from what he worships in belief. So you come here today and you listen to this and you say, no, 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 I don't do that. Or do you? That's the point, is to question what it is that you truly believe, and you will know what you believe based on how you act. I don't really care what science says about evangelism. I could care less your research studies. I will tell you that what I know based on Scripture and personal experience is that the only thing that's going to lead someone to know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the Spirit of God working in that person's life. And it can come at the conclusion of 50 different sermons, or it can come at the conclusion of five words of Scripture, or it can come independently of me or anything that I do if the Spirit of God moves in them. It is not about me. It is not about what I do. It is not about research. It's not about science. It's about the Spirit of God to change a life. I don't really care what science says about equality. The Bible's pretty clear. The role of pastor is to be filled by a man. Sorry. I don't really care what science tells me about gender roles. I don't really care what science tells me about how to raise children. I don't really care what science and research tells me about what's a good career move. The scripture and the spirit are my guides and should be yours. End of story. In fact, the one who made the scientific method that gets worshipped so often is the one who's the authority, not the method. You see, it goes back to this idea that we end up as people worshipping the created over the creator. And we go about our business worshipping the scientific method over the one who developed the whole concept. Let's go back to the beginning, back to the original. Trust the one who made the method not the method. So here's my conclusion. Study to show thyself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. You see, that first line in the email, I agree with about part of it. This is one of the most important things you can do is to read this book. Over And over and over again. And not just read it, but to study it. And not just study it, as in I have my certain amount of time in, to sit and let the Spirit of God speak to you through it. It is vital and fundamental. Study to show yourself approved to God. Want to be acceptable to God? Study the Scripture. Listen to what He has to tell you. The second thing I'm going to encourage is, do not fail to fellowship with other believers. I know it's somewhat ironic since we're canceling church tonight. Many of you don't know because you're usually here on a Sunday night and Wednesday night just how many church buildings are completely empty on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. I'd say probably most at this point. And so if you think you're going to take, well, I'll take my two weeks of vacation, but I'll come every Sunday for my hour-long church service. You think 50 hours of teaching and fellowships enough for you to get through life i bet we spend 50 hours watching television in about three weeks if that's all you put into it in a year it's going to be a problem be alert to identify false gods To some degree, you have to do this through some experience and some knowledge. So you have to know a little bit about science to identify when you're being sold on science. Does that make sense? So it's good to know a little bit about things, but be alert and identify when the failed God of science is shown to you as proof that you should or shouldn't do something rather than the one true living God who speaks to you through the Spirit and through the Scriptures. Be cautious to use science to make or defend spiritual decisions. I've mentioned this before, time and time again. I remember it so well. My father said to me one day when I was in high school, he said, I guarantee you, everybody who's going to choose where to go after you graduate high school is going to say to you, well, I'm going here. This is where God wants me to go because it's the biggest scholarship. doesn't always work that way. Or he also pointed out, being the son of a very poor Baptist preacher, that he'd never known many preachers who took pay cuts from church to church. Always seemed to be going up and up. Be cautious to use science to make or defend spiritual decisions. Maybe you recall books that do this. It can prove to you that God is real. Good. That doesn't change your heart. It doesn't change your spirit by looking at physical proof. It might support what you already know by the spirit, but it will not change the reality of anything. There's a reason that we have the scriptures preserved and recorded and not other physical things. Because we must have faith In God and God alone. Be careful when we try and use science to support our faith. I've mentioned this before, real quick on this point. Why is abortion wrong? (coughs) Can you argue it spiritually? Is that the defense you give? What about divorce? What about these other things that plague humanity? Why is it wrong to be addicted to drugs or alcohol? I could tell you the science reason, I could tell you the spiritual reason. Don't think that they are the same thing, they are not the same thing, and do not confuse them. Do not worship the failed God of science. If you are alert, if you are studying, if you are following after the spirit, if you are in the spirit in the right way, when you see science thrown up to you as facts for things that are spiritual, you will identify them, and sometimes you should call people out on this. I want to end with Proverbs 26, verse 4 and 5. Proverbs 26, verse 4 and 5. It says, Answer not a fool according to his folly lest you be like him yourself. And then verse 5, in a parallel way, says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. That seems contradictory, doesn't it? Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. But then the next verse says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. that takes wisdom to know how to answer things that are foolish. Sometimes when someone says something so foolish, like, well, the reason your church isn't growing is because, and fills in a blank of a bunch of worldly things that are proven by quote science. It's best just to smile and go, thank you. Other times it's worth asking the question. I did this recently with someone. We sat down and talked about some things. Learned all about the way we identify where to grow churches and things like that. And I asked what portion of prayer has to do with that. I answered foolishness with wisdom. And I got a stuttering oh, well, we, we pray before we discuss these things. Okay. But I didn't keep going, I left it alone. What am I going to teach that person who is so sold on the idea that science will direct them where to put a church and how to evangelize? I gave it one attempt, and then I just kept my mouth shut, lest I become a fool like them. On the other hand, I make a career out of arguing science. I told you I support it. Argue science with science. You want to know what's right and wrong as far as what's true and fact as far as science goes and go for it all day long, argue science. That's what science is. It's arguing back and forth to try and find out something, but I'm not going to win that battle by bringing something spiritual into it. If they're making the wrong application. So brothers and sisters, and I said that at the beginning and I say it now, those who know the Lord understand that if we continue down this path of following this fake, phony, weak God of science, We are making the same mistake that Adam and Eve did, somehow thinking that we can control everything, that we can have the same level of wisdom that God has. We can know all these things. We can make the right decisions if we just simply have enough data and it's evaluated in simply the right way. That may be true when we talk about building a bridge, but it will never, ever be true when we talk about building a life, building a family, or building a church. Because those things are spiritual and are not physical. And by its very nature, science is not equipped and cannot be to define and describe those things and tell us how to live. And so my prayer for us is that we take seriously the things that are spiritual. That we would identify the things in our lives that we should put Spiritual faith in, that we should learn and do, that we would listen to God to make our decisions, not to the facts and the circumstances. And all you have to do is study the scripture, read almost anything, and you'll see time and time and time again, everything that you thought was right was wrong spiritually. Did it make sense for Nahum to go and wash himself seven times in the Jordan? Scientifically, no. Did it make sense the way that God told Noah to build the ark? I don't really know about that one. Just throwing that out there, right? Did it make sense to do all these different things that are in the Bible? Did it make sense to get rid of almost your entire army and then carry a bunch of torches and clay pots into a battle? Not scientifically, but it made sense spiritually. So, brothers and sisters, let us stop relying on science, the God that fails, and instead rely upon the Spirit of God to lead us and guide us into all truth. That is why we're here. That is what we're to do. And my concern is that we've missed the point and we're confusing these things. Letting science be our God. Pray with me.